Hello, 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 and welcome to Tales of a Gen Z Something, the podcast where I, Jalen Taylor, your local Gen Z something, hop on a mic for half an hour and kind of talk about whatever comes to my mind. I haven't taken my Ritalin yet, so (laughs) let's see where this conversation is headed. Okay, so last time I hopped on here, I was talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of YouTube, or I think I called it the good, the bad, the truth something along those lines. And I talked a lot about how, you know, I didn't know if YouTube was for me and if I wanted to kind of face the criticisms and, you know, what do you call it? The comment section and just things that people have to say in general. Um, I wasn't sure that that was something I was ready for that had thick enough skin to handle. But then I thought about it more and more. And the more I thought about it, I thought, what do I care? Not what do I care about like in terms of my career and the digital world because I do love the digital world and I would love nothing more than to be in it. But what do I care what people have to say? Why do I care so much about whether or not people like me? Why do I care whether or not people think I'm funny? Which a lot of people tell me, they're like, you're so funny, you need to be on the internet. Or people tell me, you know, you can make this great content, like, you know, just get on the internet and do it. And my whole thing is I'm just so afraid for some reason. And I wasn't wasn't like that before. I wasn't like that before I got to university. Before I got to university, I was like fearless. Not super fearless, but I was was less afraid than I was now. And I would always post things on Snapchat and, you know, Instagram. And I didn't, I didn't care. It was like, Not that I was posting anything bad, but I didn't care because I was just being myself and that was good enough for me. And it was like, if it's good enough for me, that's all I care about. And I think that's important. And I think I need to get back into that mindset because I used to post YouTube videos like all the time. And I did it just because I thought it was fun. And I think that's the mindset that I need to have because I was playing around with my ring light the other day. Or was it yesterday? I don't know. Without my Ritalin, I have no real concept of time, but I was playing around with my ring light and my tripod and my phone, and I was like, okay, I can get this angle here, and I can do this, and I had so much fun doing that, and I was like, that's what I need. I just need to have fun with it, and then I'll be good with that. Whether I make any money off of it or not is kind of irrelevant at this point. I mean, it's very relevant because I do need to eat and survive and live, you know, all that good stuff. But it's not going to be the make or break on whether or not I do it. And I think that's something that I was missing before. YouTube feels too much like a competition. The whole internet feels like it's a competition now. I remember when social media just started to like pop off. I really do. And I know I'm like, quote unquote, Gen Z. I don't, I don't even know if I'm Gen Z, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I was born in 1997. So some people call me a really old Gen Z, or some people call me a really young millennial. I don't really know. But for all intents and purposes, I think that's the saying. I'm just going to say that I'm an old Gen Z. And crazy thing is, is I remember a life before social media, and I remember when it just started to take off. Now, MySpace kind of wasn't, I was like nine, maybe younger when MySpace came out. So 
wasn't on stuff like that or Bebo or things, but I remember people using them. And I remember when everybody in middle school started jumping on Facebook <laughs> and I got in trouble for being on Facebook. But um, I kind of remember jumping on the end of the MySpace train and I remember joining Facebook and Twitter and Instagram back when Instagram had that 3D looking logo. And I remember the days when YouTube, you could kind of, you know, you could used to be able to play the music or whatever you were doing in the background of your video before, you know, they made you start paying for it. But I remember when you, I remember when YouTube took off and I just started posting videos at like 11 years old. Does that violate the terms of conditions? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's not the point. Anyway, I remember when it just, the internet, you just did it for fun and you did it because you cared and you wanted to show people what you were doing. And I thought that that was amazing. It was a place of self-expression. And now the internet today feels like it is a competition for numbers and followers and likes and just, it doesn't feel as genuine as it used to feel because people are just so, the word I'm looking for isn't fake. Like, I don't care if people like Photoshop their stuff and add filters and, and do all that. I do that. I don't care. Um, but it feels so staged. I feel like there used to be these raw, authentic moments that people, there was something raw and authentic about using what was deemed, you know, good quality back then, but like, you know, a crappy little camcorder. There was something authentic about it. And when I look at old YouTube videos, I feel like there's something more authentic about it. Um, and that's when people were kind of more being themselves and it wasn't like, a modeling competition or it wasn't oh that was my stomach I hope the microphone didn't pick that up anyway I just I want to go back to the days not of when social media was more for fun than it was for profit um because I know that that's not really a thing that's going to happen and my expectations are relatively high on that one but I want to go back to the days when it was like you were just on social media. You were it was cool. It was like, let me show my friends what I'm up to. Oh, this is cool. Let me share it. Let me post this. Like that's kind of how I am on especially Facebook, where it's just like, I don't care. <laughs> if you're on my Facebook in my circle, I definitely trust you. And I just kind of just share whatever I think is funny. Um, definitely I like to use the internet as a place to be funny. My auntie taught me that. Um, you know, it's it's very different from when I was growing up and what the internet has become with me as an adult. But the whole moral of the story of what I'm trying to basically say is that I think it's really important when you want to be a content creator to do it because you want to do it. Not because it's going to make you money or because you want fame, but like just because it's what you enjoy doing and it is what I enjoy doing. I just have to build a little more confidence to do it. Like, I want to be pre-university Jalen. And I think I think the reason was because, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast, I feel like I might have, but in case I didn't, I feel like the reason I became more fearful in university of what people thought of me is not that Greek life is a judgmental environment, because at my school, it definitely was not. It was a very positive, healthy environment, um, best experience of my life. But I was making more friends 
And, you know, before it was only like 20 people watching my Snapchats, my closest 20 friends. And I was cool with just being myself. And then the more people you meet in your circle and they're like, hey, add me on Snapchat or add me on this, add me on that. And it's like, ooh, I don't know if I know you like that. (laughs) And I'm so nice. I just add everyone. And then the more people that started watching, the more nervous I became and the less I started posting. Um, So I, and then the more you see like, people like taking off on Instagram and stuff like that. Like it, it legitimately becomes intimidating. And I just stopped. Not, I mean, I did stop completely for a while, but no, I'm trying to get back in the game. I, I'm trying to build my confidence to get back in the game. Um, I actually ran a very pop and Tumblr page, like a couple thousand people followed me and People were always messaging me and, you know, being like, I love your content. I love this. And, you know, that was back in like 2000, like what, 2012, 2013, maybe when I was in high school and that felt good. And it's like, it didn't feel good because I had a big number. It felt good because I was doing what I wanted to do. And a lot of people related to it. And that's kind of like, That's the dope part is when people relate because that's the only reason I really put out this podcast. I put out this podcast in hopes that somebody is relating to what I'm talking to or the theme or just however I'm feeling. And if one person listens and one person relates, I'm totally good with that. I don't care if I have one listener. I don't care if I have five listeners. I don't care if I have a hundred listeners. I don't care if I have a thousand listeners. I appreciate everyone who listens and gets something out of it. That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Kind of going into some life updates. Um, I'm halfway through my marketing or my digital marketing class, my first one. I have 10 classes to take. Um, And I am halfway through the first one. I absolutely love it. We're working on kind of developing your brand and what's your personality and I, I don't know what my brand or my personality is. I've never known what it is. Like, I've always tried to figure that out for as long as I've been on the internet because I've known that that's like a thing that you're supposed to figure out and you're supposed to do. But I don't know what that is. I'm just a person who just gets on the internet and just talks and just says what I just say what I want to say. Say what's on my mind. And I don't, I don't know if that's a category of a brand. I don't know, maybe lifestyle or something. That's how I kind of market myself as like a lifestyle person, but it's not really lifestyle. It's more like, hey, this is how I kind of live my life in this weird, overly anxious, chaotic way. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure that there are a bunch of other people out there that are overly anxious, recent college graduates that maybe can relate to what I'm saying. (laughs) Because... It's kind of just hard not to relate to anxiety. I I feel like it is. I feel like everybody is anxious to some degree. Maybe it doesn't take over people's lives, but everyone can kind of relate to anxiety. And maybe that's my my niche, overly anxious people. I don't know. But, you know, um, I literally love this class. And this class is really helping me kind of figure out how to get confidence in who I am and find my voice and I I really like that my next classes that I will be taking over the summer um 
they're actually really cool. It's one of them is a part two to the class that I'm in now teaching you how to like, I guess, manage people on social media and kind of like manage yourself and know how to make deals and things like that. I have one social media marketing, you know, just basically teaching you how to market yourself on the social media, the social media. It's not like my grandma when she's like, I'm on the Facebook, I'm on the YouTube. Anyway, yeah, I told you this podcast would be all over the place. <laughs> Usually I take my, my Ritalin beforehand, but I decided not to today because Yeah, honestly, I don't know why. I just was like, I want to record. So that's what I'm doing. And my last class is marketing with Google ads. I am so excited for that one because I get to learn SEO and I've always wanted to learn search engine optimization. I don't know why. Call me a nerd if you must. Lord knows my boyfriend does. <laughs> but I just, I love the digital world and I am so excited to be diving into it. And on top of diving into the digital world, I also got into grad school recently. So that was super exciting. I got in for a master's of arts in mass communications. Um, I have already requested that I would like to defer for a year because I'm going to finish out my UCLA program in marketing. Um, just because, and this, this was what made the most sense to me. And, you know, I always love when people kind of interact with me on my page. So you can DM me at Gen Z something or it's Gen Z underscore something on Instagram and let me know what you think about my plan and whatnot. But my plan, the reason that I deferred for a year until next fall is because I felt that it was important for me to finish out this digital marketing program. Because think about it. Grad school is very expensive. <laughs> I'm going to be living at home for a very long time <laughs> because like at like with my parents for a very long time because I want to go to grad school and it's like I'm I'm so debt phobic. I feel like I've mentioned that before but I am so afraid of debt. I can't, I cannot take out a loan. I'd rather just pay everything off. I did that with my car, I did that with college. I'd rather just pay it off go somewhere I can afford and just pay it off. So, but it's still very expensive. And so I don't know that this program in particular at the school I got accepted to, I don't know if that's the program for me. And so I'd rather finish out this digital marketing certificate. So that way, how do I put this? In case I don't want to continue and finish my master's, at least I have something else. I have some hard skill that I can fall back on. I can be like, oh, well, I'm good at marketing and I have the certificate to prove it. And here's my transcript from that versus going into grad school and not really wanting to finish and then having nothing to fall back on except for a piece of paper that says I dropped out. So... You know, I'm not entirely sure where I'm going with this, but who knows? I'm not really entirely sure of anything, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. It's kind of in a weird rock in a hard place 
type situation because I do kind of just want to just go to grad school and get it over with. But at the same time, I also don't really want to go to grad school that bad. I want to go because I feel like it's going to enhance my career, or at least it might, or at least that's what society and the administration people told me. I could be wrong. They could be wrong. Um, but also, getting an extension course certificate is a lot more affordable. And I am a Gen Z something that still lives at home, so affordability is my middle name. Even though I buy a bunch of ridiculous stuff that I don't need off the internet on a regular basis to cure my boredom during the quarantine, but we're going to ignore that. <laughs> I just bought another mug. For some reason, I've been into collecting mugs, nail polish, ring lights, books that I never read. Um, I have like a bookshelf for decoration. I don't actually read the books in there. I just buy books because I think they'll look nice. <laughs> and then I listen to them on audible but in my defense it's not that I don't want to read it's just I have very poor reading uh not comprehension but like retention like I understand what I wrote or what I read kind of I just don't remember what it was but if you bring it back up to me and go oh yeah well it was about this I'll be like oh yeah yeah, yeah. and then I can explain it but if I just read it I'm like okay that was great Wait, what just happened? That's with or without Ritalin. That doesn't make a difference. Ritalin is not a cure-all. A lot of people think it is. Like, oh, now you can focus. It's like, no. Now the playing field is just even. I like to describe it as I have a lot of tabs, like a computer tabs on in my brain, and then Ritalin closes like half the tabs. But that's all it does is close half the tabs. The tabs are still running. I still have to shuffle through them. It's not like I get, to, or sometimes I'll just be hyper-focused on one tab, and then the other tabs are just, like, disappearing. Goodbye. Doesn't matter anymore. I have no idea if there's a cure-all for ADHD, but to be honest, even if there was a cure, I don't think I would take it. I kind of like my brain on it with ADHD. There's a lot of benefits. I've talked about this in a previous episode, and so check that out if you haven't already. I talk about the benefits like creativity and all that jazz and just things that'll help you out. I think it's really interesting. I think we take a lot of things for granted. Um, obviously, you know, nobody aspires to have a learning disability, but if you have one, you might as well make the most of it the way I see it. I think that's kind of like the case with anything for me that's kind of like my whole thing with anxiety is like, yes, I'm a very anxious person. I have a lot of anxiety. I might as well be the best anxious person I can be. Not to say that I should just be anxious for the sake of being anxious, but I also shouldn't pretend that I'm not an anxious person. I shouldn't pretend that I don't have anxiety. I should just kind of learn to accept it, manage it, and be cool with it and make it work in my favor. Because a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you think too far ahead and you're so anxious. And it's like, yeah, but how many times has that helped me more than it's hurt me? Well, it actually hurts me every time. I'm very prone to panic attacks very easily. Uh, that's no surprise. But it still helped me even though I had that panic attack because I was prepared. And I knew what to do in certain situations and... You know, I'm I'm overly prepared, and that's how I did so well in school. I almost gave myself a heart attack my senior year in college because I was so 
anxious <laughs> that I wasn't going to get straight A's. But, you know, I let it put me into overdrive and then I was able to do it. Graduated cum laude. <laughs> That's probably like my biggest accomplishment in life. I feel like I should probably have a little bit more. <laughs> but I don't know. I kind of want to, man, I really wish that like I had enough people to feel like where I could go live on Instagram and I could interact with people, but it'd probably be like my same like 10 friends <laughs> just interacting because I love doing things like Q&As and I just like to answer questions for some reason, not like interrogative questions, but I like to just have people ask me random stuff and then I answer it. I don't know why. It's kind of just like my thing, but I don't know. And then I wish I could like reach out and be like, what do you guys want to see in my blog post? Usually in my blog post, taylormediaco.com, um, I kind of just write whatever comes to my mind. And I feel like that's what's been working for me is people don't respond well to my, they don't, it's not that they don't respond well, but they don't respond as well to my content where I'm like, you know, top 10 things I can't live without as an intern and, you know, this is my top 10 ways to beat writer's block. Like I noticed that people just don't respond to that as well as they could or as, you know, as well as I would like them to. And so people like it better when I kind of just go on a tangent and rant and talk about things that matter to me as a person, because I honestly, I'm just going to be real. I think it's more authentic and I think people like authenticity and I'm totally cool with that. I kind of just like being myself. Yeah. I guess that's why people always say be yourself, because you'll be a lot happier. I'm not really sure why it's so nerve-wracking to just be yourself. I guess people are afraid of judgment. But I, I still just can't figure out why. Why do we as humans care so much? I know it's instinct and it's just natural to care, but why? For what? What benefit does it have? I don't know why I paused waiting for a response. I'm the only one in this room recording right now. But I'm genuinely curious. I don't know what else to think other than we as humans are afraid of judgment because we're social people. We're social beings. Social beings crave the approval of other people so that we fit in and we have friends and we get those interactions that we desperately crave. But the moral of this podcast is stop caring what people think i mean there's certain things you can care about like you know you don't want to like upset people or you know say things you shouldn't say like like real controversial stuff just for shock value if you genuinely believe it that's one thing but just for shock value i mean there's some stuff that we can be like yeah i might get a little bit of judgment for that and it's okay but just who we are as people, we gotta be ourselves. I can't wait to just make a YouTube video and just get it up there. And if I get two views and one of them is from my mom, I'll be happy. <laughs> I'll be 
Happiest clam on earth, which I also, I just want to bring up that I've never understood the phrase happy as a clam because I don't think that we can really understand clam emotions. Um, I don't think science has gotten that far yet. I don't know where that phrase came from. I would honestly imagine that clams are not very happy creatures, but I don't know. They could be, and maybe science does explain that, but I haven't seen any science that does. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of all the thoughts that I have for right now. And I didn't write an outro like I usually do. So let's see if I can remember to cover all the steps. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate every single one of you. And that that really does come from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate every single one of you. And I'd also really appreciate it if you could go on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave five-star reviews, you know, or, you know, you can leave your honest review. It doesn't have to be five stars, but, you know, I'd always appreciate that. (laughs) You know, whatever platform you're listening to this on, I'm glad you're listening. And that's, that's about it. I'll talk to you in the next one, guys. Bye.